Our eye to the conservative leadership race, Jean Charest making some news. A conservative government led by Jean Charest would expand parental leave to two years and allow pregnant women to access the federal child care benefit. Charest was speaking with our very own Greg Brady this morning. The child tax credit would be increased for middle class, lower income families, up to 75 percent of the expenses could be rebated. Uh, and this announcement from Charest follows an announcement by Pierre Poliev yesterday in a slick video where he posed in front of a Toronto, or rather a Vancouver home that was worth more than $4.5 million, I believe, and suggested that he would clear away the gatekeepers of municipalities to be able to build more housing to lower housing costs. All of that while the pundits and the prognosticators right across the country are trying to figure out how do we look at the Pierre Polyev candidacy. Who is he like? And there's a lot of opinions on who he he might be like. And my next guest is Michael Gardner, who is a political strategist and president of Strategies 360 in Vancouver. Uh, Michael, welcome to the program. Why do you say there is a relationship between Pierre Polyev and Donald Trump? Well, I, you know, I use the term Trumpification in a tweet. And uh, what I mean by that is that uh, as a political leader, Polyev appears to be succeeding uh, in unifying uh, or, or <clears throat> engaging uh, two different elements of the population. Uh, one would be the, the more radical folks we saw in Ottawa uh, in the protests <clears throat> in the truckers' convoy, uh, but the other are ordinary working class folks uh, who have concerns about their day-to-day -day lives and are, uh, and are inspired by some of the words that Polyev is saying. Now, is it the fact that Polyev is not exactly cut from common cloth? I mean, he's been a lifetime politician. And, you know, the whole thing that, you know, Trump tried to appeal to a working class voter and is clearly not working class himself. Is that the link you're drawing? Well, no, I mean, I think the link is that, uh, and, and in a sense, it was more my, my point was more a critique of progressive politics right now, which is that well, politicians like Polyev are talking to the working class about issues that matter then, to them on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, the progressives in Canada can be quick to dismiss the needs of those folks uh, and, uh, and risk giving Polyev momentum through that. Are you, are you surprised by the toxicity uh, regarding Polyev's support of truckers? I mean, Charest says he should be disqualified for even running for the leadership because he posed for those pictures. I, I, am I surprised by the toxicity of that kind of message? No. Uh, I mean, I think uh, at the end of the day, uh, the, the truckers stayed too long uh, and, uh, and delved into issues that were not simpatico uh, with most Canadians and they lost support over time, but they did start. Uh, and even ended with 46% of folks in an Ipsos Reid poll saying that they believed the, the trucker protest had a point, even if they didn't like the tactic. And, uh, and I think there's a lesson in that, both probably for Sheree, but also for progressive politicians about uh, the kind of messaging they need to use and the kind of policies they need to advocate for if they are going to find themselves being successful against a Pierre Polyev type politician. Yeah, it, it, it strikes me that on the progressive side, the, there's a belief that, you know, any kind of truck or trade, if you pardon the pun, with the, the truckers would be a, a political black mark. But I don't know 
if conservative voters feel the same way. And keep in mind, it's conservative members that are going to elect the new leader. I, I agree with you completely. And I actually think, uh, I don't think it will hurt him in that because it's not just going to be existing conservative members, but it's going to be new conservative members. And he's created a momentum for a new conservative member uh, that may not have seen that party as a, a path before and that do now. Uh, I think there's, you know, a lot of concern, a lot of opinion uh, writers. I, I read a, a piece in the in the Globe that compared them to Marie Le Pen, to the, uh, the the right wing presidential candidate in France. It seems like we're trying to, we're grasping in Canada to be able to orient ourselves into the new political reality, especially within the Conservative Party. Well, I, I, look, I, I think it's a stretch to call Polyev Marie Le Pen. Uh, and, uh, and an unfair one, probably. Uh, but that's not to say that uh, there aren't a group of Canadians who might support a Marie Le Pen who've been activated uh, politically and feel more confidence of late. Uh, but the fact they're going in and those folks are maybe supporting Polyev doesn't make Polyev a Marie Le Pen. Uh, and, I, and I do think it's unfair to cast him as that extreme. Do you, do you see uh, a poly of a candidacy uh, hoovering up the support uh, that went to the People's Party last time around? It, it, it seems like he might be able to capture that dissatisfied conservative voter that abandoned O'Toole. Well, and I, and I think that is a risk for how he will have to lead is that he is capturing that group. Uh, and that is a group, the, the narrow, small group uh, that are supporters of, of the People's Party of Canada are out of step with the values of most Canadians and frankly, most conservative voters. Uh, but, uh, and one of the risks for Polyev, I think, is by relying on them for his nomination success, uh, he is going to have to uh, continue to appease them should he become leader. But but does he? I mean, the, the conventional wisdom is is that you you gain the mantle of power in terms of the party by appealing to that narrow base, and then once you're in power, you pivot to the center. I mean, it didn't work for O'Toole, obviously, because the pivot perhaps was uh, too severe. But do you see that as the playbook here? Well, that that may be. I think uh, when I when I talk about Trump, uh, what the risk here is is that. Uh, Trump and the Tea Party before him in the U.S. have changed politics, so that pivot is much harder to do. Uh, the Republican Party itself uh, can't pivot to the center anymore, uh, and I think Polyev, in appealing to the, Ma the, the Maxime Bernier People's Party crowd, uh, risked being unable to do so as well. All right, what, what's your take on the kind of momentum behind him, behind Polyev? Uh, you know, he's got big rallies. Uh, much is being made of the fact that just having people show up to rallies doesn't actually get you memberships. You got to sell memberships. That's how uh, leaderships are won. Is your sense here that his lead is insurmountable? I, I honestly, I can't tell you that, uh, but I, it is clear to me he has got momentum. He is appealing to people on things that matter to them in their day-to-day -day lives. He's appealing on inflation uh, whether he's right about his solutions to it or not, uh, he is telling people uh, that he feels their pain, and that matters, and that will generate a momentum. And, uh, and if his opponents uh, can't find a way to connect on an equal way, I think those day-to-day -day matters, and the appearance of momentum will push him over the top. 
And look, I mean, we saw yesterday very credible, or not yesterday, in the last few days, very credible politicians. Uh, Mike DeYoung, former finance minister in British Columbia, coming out and supporting Polyev. Uh, we saw James Moore, a former, former member of the Conservative uh, cabinet, uh, come out and, uh, and say very positive things about Polyev's campaign. And I think you're going to see more of that uh, based on the momentum. And momentum has a way of generating momentum in leadership campaigns. Mm. Michael, uh, fascinating stuff. I hope to, uh, to talk to you again soon uh, before the uh, leadership uh, wraps up in September. Appreciate your time. Alan, appreciate it. Thank you.